Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, can I help you find something? Librarians specialize in helping you find what you were looking for, and sometimes what you didn't know you were looking for. Thank you for joining me as I talk to my guests about all things library, including the books inside them. I'm Julie Chavez, and this is Ask a Librarian. Regina Shklovsky is a graphic designer working in publishing, designing books and journals. She is also an illustrator of two award-winning children's books. The first is Fun in the Mud, a wetlands tale by Sally Bolger, which was the winner of the Silver Nautilus Award for Environmental Issues. The second book is Little Loon Finds His Voice by Yvonne Pearson, which is the winner of the Bank Street Book of the Year STEM Selection for 2022. Regina lives in Sonoma County with her family, just up the road from me. Here is my conversation with Regina. Hello, Regina. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Julie? I am well. Thanks so much for being here today. It's lovely to be here. I'm so excited because I loved meeting you. So you and I met at the Bay Area Book Festival, Mm -hmm. which was sort of delightfully random, right? Like I sat down in that chair and there you were and you were doing the demo of Little Mm -hmm. Loon. So I'm excited to talk about all of that. But it was so great because I think you might be the first illustrator that I've ever met, really. So that kind of makes you a big deal. Wow, I feel (laughs) special. Thank you. (laughs) So tell me, well, just as a a starting question, when you were in like high school, say, did you ever have any random interesting jobs? Even before that, I had my first job when I was seven. My neighbor across the street approached me. She was a mom of two newborn twins and she was just overwhelmed. And she asked, would you like to take care of my laundry and some lighthouse duties? And I was like, yeah, (laughs) that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Smart mom, too. Way to go for her. Yeah, it was really neat. And then since then, I did secretary work for my dad briefly at his electrical office. He was an electrician, babysitting, of course, in high school. Yeah. Yes. Babysitting, just a a great cash cow that we all took advantage of. Totally. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. That's perfect. Well, so then, okay, from working at age seven to now, how did you get into illustrating? Tell me about that. Oh, yeah. So I've always loved art, you know, as a kid, as we do. And but I never really thought of it as a career path Mm -hmm. until I got to college. I needed one more unit, one more class to fill for my unit requirement. And I was like, oh, I'll take this drawing class. And from the day I started, I was like, wow, I really enjoy this. And from when the time the class ended, from the time it started, my drawing skills had significantly improved as like I discovered this latent talent for drawing. And it just felt so 
right. I felt so at home and I decided I'm going to follow this path. It's really speaking to me. And so I started studying art because at that time I hadn't had a real major in mind. Okay. So I was like, this, this, I'm going to follow this and see where it takes me. That's so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And so I studied art and I didn't know where in the art world I wanted to be yet. I just knew that this is this is what I needed. And I took a break. Uh, it was like my last year of fine arts. I was studying drawing and painting. And I was like, what am I going to do? Am I going to be a teacher? <laughs> am I going to, you know, be a gallery artist? And so I took a break and I went traveling. And then during that time, I realized, okay, I live in the Bay Area. There's tech everywhere. How can I bridge the two? And so I was like, graphic design. That is really fascinating. I mm-hmm. love hearing about how you got there. I mean, that is so cool to me that you took one class toward the end and ended up figuring out that that was going to be something that was perfect for you. Yeah. Okay. So graphic design. See, I'm very interested in this. Number one, also, I love that you brought up that your drawing skills significantly improved in the class because mm-hmm. I tell the kids at school all the time that writing, drawing, some of these things that we sort of put in, like, either you're good at it or you're not. Yeah. And yes, to some extent, some people have talent, some people do not. Clearly you do, I do not, that we know of today. (laughs) Right, right. right? Maybe we'll find it out later. But the idea that you are still developing the skills that support that talent, Mm -hmm. and, you know, very few people, it feels like, can just sit down and just you know, are that gifted or musicianship, all these pieces. So I love that you brought that up, but okay. So moving on to graphic design, I like to pretend I'm a graphic designer (laughs) when I use Canva and I'm like, look at me go. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to hear more about that. So you did graphic design. Did you like that as much? Did you think it was, was it like just a different branch? Okay. I loved it. And it challenged me in a way because when you do art, and yes. you're, be, you're studying art, you're finding out who you are as an artist and what you want to say. So you're kind of the audience, the client, you're the center. And when I started design, you realize it's not about you and it's not about what you want or what you wow. like. It's about yes. listening to your client, the person you're working with. It's like, what is their vision? And really trying to help them discover that. And I liked it. I liked that it wasn't about me. I liked that I was helping someone bring their vision to life. That is a really cool side I've never thought of. Mm-hmm. Did you find that it was, was it difficult to get people to that point where they knew what they wanted and you knew what they wanted? Or did you feel like you had a gift for that? Or, I mean, how did that work? Um, Yeah. You know, I think it depends on the person because some people are really like, no, it's got to be this way, you know, and in those cases, you just give them what they want. (laughs) But, But I figured out a trick too, is that when you are offering okay so here's a first draft right and you give options I like to give the options where to sort of steer them in the direction that I think they should go yes it's like parenting (laughs) right right (laughs) you can have carrots or broccoli exactly Mm -hmm. (laughs) here's your choice yeah yep I'm not gonna yes okay so you would have an eye on really what looked best Right. And then you're kind of helping 
guide them toward that. Right. Because really. ultimately it's their decision. Yeah. Oh, of course. But it's true. Like I think for so many people, and we live in a world where there's a gazillion choices for everything. Yes. Yeah. And even on something like Canva or whatever, you know what I mean? It's just, it can be just totally overload. And so right. for you to have that expert eye and, you know, know things like the rule of thirds or whatever it is. Right. And yeah. the rest of us are just sort of bumbling around like, I'll put this over here. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. How long did you do that for? Graphic design. I still do it. Yeah. So I do graphic design. I do book design and journals and stuff like that. And then also illustration. Okay. Well, yeah. good. So we'll get to that. So did you have, but thinking back, like before you were doing books, was there a project you really loved that you did with graphic design that you, that stood out? Like, oh, I was so happy with how that came out or oh, it was unexpected or. That's a great question. I can't think of a project right now. It was just everything about it, you know, learning about typography and like really having appreciation for fonts and, and they really have the ability to emote, you know, a feeling. Yes. Yeah. You're so right. I love typography. And one of the weird facts about me is that I actually have a font of my handwriting. Oh, nice. It's so random. Cause there was some, this was years ago, some woman on the internet who had a blog was making fonts and she said, send me your handwriting and I'll make one. And so I have a font of my handwriting, which is kind of hilarious. Cause I like to use it sometimes like on Christmas cards and people will be like, did you, how, how'd you do that? <laughs> right, right. So, but also I think you're so right. And that's something I feel like I just learned in the last couple of years. I've always loved the look of fonts, fonts, mm -hmm. but I didn't know what serif was. I didn't right. understand all of that. So also just there's so much to learn about that. I which know. I love. And like the deep, like when to use a serif versus a sans serif, like and readability and how big will it be or how small will it be? Yeah. Yes. It's all really fun to think about. And that's the kind of stuff you're talking about, those considerations that, mm -hmm. that would never occur to me. Right? Like I'd be like, that looks good. Right. Well, me like either <laughs> before I started studying it. Yeah. Okay. So you were doing graphic design and then how did you get into books at that time? Was that a natural, did people approach you for things or how did that one work? No. So I was working out of college. I started uh, working for a tech company that did like UI UX design. Okay. And I knew immediately this is not my space, but I gave it a try and I ended up learning a lot of useful tips and resources online. Um, but I knew this was not my area. I love how you said that. I knew it was not my space. That's very like Zen as opposed to, I hated that job with a fiery passion. <laughs> Guys, it's not my space. Right. <laughs> yes. Okay. Continue. I apologize. I'm using that though from now on. No, definitely. I'm going home. Definitely. <laughs> so then I decided to go freelance. Okay. And in that time I was looking at, you know, Craigslist and other job postings. And I saw a position for book designer, junior book designer. And I was like, I'm going to just give it a shot. They're probably not going to contact me, you know, um, right. but they did. And so I went in and aired and interviewed for them and they were fantastic. It's a small boutique publishing house in Petaluma mm -hmm. and it didn't work out that time, but about a year after they contacted me and brought me on. And so I started learning about book design there. Oh, wow. And yeah. what was that like? What, I mean, I don't know. Give me a few examples of like 
what is, what are the, how do you start with book design or what are the big considerations when you start something? It depends. So like in children's books, how you approach them far different than, you know, like adult. Uh, right. Okay. Uh, okay. So for the children's books, they're pretty basic, right? 32 pages and the illustrations and the type. And so I worked with an art director and you pick out your font you try to find the font that fits the story, okay. you know, and all of these, you know, and the, and then you just work with the images and they're usually really fun because the artwork is amazing. And it's like, just really fun to play around with the placement and where the, uh, the copy will go and stuff like that. I'm still learning. Yeah. Always learning. Right. That never ends. Yes. <laughs> Well, and also because trends within books are always changing too. Yeah. So that sort of sensibility and, mm -hmm. you know, we can tell, like you look at a book that's 15 years old and you think, oh, okay, that looks yeah. older. It's, right. But it's sometimes hard to pinpoint why exactly that is. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Or at least for me, I just say <laughs> that looks old. I'm getting rid of it. I think you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what was the first book that you did? So you've done design for some of them and illustration for some of them. So mm -hmm. what's, what's been your favorite design book project? Oh, great question. I did a design for Julius Eat Your Peas. And that one was really fun. The artwork is just gorgeous. It like basically designed itself because sometimes it that yeah. happens because just everything falls into place. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So that one was really fun. Julius, eat your peas. Yeah, it's a Cute. part of a series. Yeah. Okay, I'll have to look that one up. Yeah. Fun. So that was a good project. And then, so tell me what you do now. As far as. <laughs> as far as, sorry. As far as, <laughs> tell me about your whole life. Tell me what you have for breakfast <laughs> and then go from there. <laughs> no, what do you do? So, well, let's talk about, let's do this. Let's talk about Little Loon Finds His Voice. Okay. Yeah. Because that is the children's book that connected us because mm -hmm. it was read aloud and you mm -hmm. did a sketch, which by the way, watching you sketch Little Loon felt like I was watching magic. I mean, it's so, for those of us that are not artists, mm -hmm. it's so amazing to see how you construct mm -hmm. the drawing. Right. And that's what I mean yeah. about the craft where it's like, right. no, it's not just I do. It just I loved it. So oh, great. And you were explaining, you know, you start with a circle here and I'll I'll post the picture of everything so everybody can see it. But it's such a cute book. So how did that come about? Did did you know you want to you wanted to illustrate one as well? And then how did that happen? I knew I wanted to illustrate children's books back when I was 17. I used to volunteer at uh, elementary school. And one day I came in and they were making books. They had to write it, they had to make it, and they had to yes. draw the pictures. And then they had to read it out loud. And so I made my own book alongside them. And I had to read it out loud. <laughs> and I just loved the whole thing. And the kids were so much fun and so excited. I was like, I would love to do that for real. Um, yeah. And it's taken that long from 17 to now to really, it was just a nugget, right? And I thought, yeah. I'd like to do that. And it kept popping up like, I would like to do that. And it wasn't until I literally started going to the library, reading books and taking notes that doors started opening to mm. make that happen. So amazing. Yeah. And is Little Loon your first 
illustrated book? Uh, it's my second. second. Yes. Okay, it's what was your first? Book. My first was Fun in the Mud, A Wetlands Tale by Sally Bolger. Okay. And it was about the Jacqueminnie wetlands over in the Petaluma area by Tomales Bay. And okay. she was head, the project manager of the restoration project that they were running. And oh, wow. She was trying to find a way to tell her grandchildren about what she was doing and how important the work was. And that's when the idea to write the children's book came up for her. (laughs) Yeah. That is so cool. Wow. That really shows me too. Like you definitely, I mean, I noticed when I was looking through Little Loon and reading it that you really have a touch with drawing the natural world. And so I can see that those would appeal to you it sounds like so so you illustrated that for her Mm -hmm. and then little loon was next yes okay and when you so to start the process for illustration you get the text Mm -hmm. and then where do you go from there I mean I guess in this case I'm sure you looked at like pictures of actual loons oh of course yeah (laughs) (laughs) you didn't just make one up well that's a difference though I'm thinking like you really would have to you know, you're going for realism here. So, so then do you, do you start practicing? I mean, what's the, then what's the process like? So you get the book, you have your kind of research Mm -hmm. and then what, I mean, seriously, this is like magic to me. You could say that you do a little burning ceremony and then you like, you know, I don't know. That's not a bad idea. Right. I mean, maybe you can add that, but it just feels so, it's just, it is so incredible that the illustrations come out of your mind, but continue. Okay. So yeah, you've got, I mean, I feel you've got all your way. stuff. Do you? <laughs> I do. Sometimes I look at a drawing and I go, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. It's really, it's really, I was reading the book, Daily Habits of Women Artists. Ooh. I don't think that's the proper title, but it's okay. by, oh, I can't, I'll have to send you it. Okay. But it was a compilation of women artists, creatives and their process, their daily process. So it broke down they woke up at five every day and started working or, you know, whatever. It all changed, right? (laughs) Yes, of course. But Joni, there was a a snippet of Joni Mitchell. She said, there's a difference between when the art flows through you and when it comes from you. Mm. And so like when the art flows through you, it's like, it's not really you, you know, but it's flowing through you. And and that's when I look at the, the stuff I've done and I'm like, oh, Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's such a cool feeling when you get to be the conduit for yes, yeah. what's what's coming. So yeah, it's like you're kind of ushering it in, yeah. but not necessarily yeah, there's a nice flow that happens. I mean, that's something that. maybe you experience while you write. Yeah, occasionally. Yes. Occasionally. My mom always asks me that. She'll say, Don't you have it all memorized by this point? And I'm like, <laughs> No. And weirdly I'll go back sometimes and think, huh. I did. That one worked out, right? Yeah. Like there are certain lines or, or certain illustrations. Do you have a favorite illustration in Little Loon? Yes. I like the lily spread. Okay. When all of the lilies open up. Yes. I it's will sort of in the middle. Yeah. Be sure to share that one. They're all so beautiful. And how did you do it? Was it pencil? It's pencil, watercolor, and digital coloring. How does digital coloring work? So I'll do the base drawing, the foundation in pencil and whatever watercolor base. Okay. And then I'll scan it into my computer and I'll work in Photoshop and do the coloring, the rest of the coloring there. 
Are most books done that way? Is I that think, pretty standard? I think in today's world, yes. you could say that. Okay. You still have some traditional artists like Erin Stead. She's one of my favorite illustrators. Oh, I love she her. She is all traditional, woodblock and pencil. Really? Yeah, she does wow. not work on the computer. I love And Then It's Spring. I actually got to talk to Julie Fogliano for one of the episodes, and she oh. was talking about them having Erin do the illustrations. And yeah, yeah she's those amazing. Are, those are, yes, so good. That's really interesting. I had no idea because I was wondering about the, the computer piece of it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's just amazing. You never really know kind of. So that's really multiple steps. You're mm-hmm. drawing it, coloring it in, and then it goes to the author, I'm assuming? It goes to the publisher. To the publisher. Okay. Yeah. Who's putting everything together. Yeah. Okay. And then, but does the author ever come back Mm -hmm. and weigh in? Was there Absolutely. Okay. Yes. So do they see early sketches or completed ones or? They see the whole process. The whole process. So the go-between is the art director who is sort of putting together the author's thoughts and, and wants and then translating it to me. And then, you know, and then I work that into the sketches or the drawings and then she gets to say, have an input on whether something is what she wanted or a little change here. And so it's definitely a collaborative project. That's one thing I really learned is that books are, you know, when you go into the store, the library, and you see the author and the illustrator, that's all you really think about. You don't think about the editor and the art director and the actual publisher who's doing sales and marketing and like everything to get this book off the ground. Yes. Yeah. It is a huge, crazy effort. So I think mm-hmm. that that's so cool to think about. You're right. I always forget about the art directors. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, art directors. <laughs> but you do. You just, you're exactly right because I'm in that editing space. But mm-hmm. you're right. The art director and all these people that kind of weigh in with all their different considerations. Is that ever challenging for you as in, just in terms of, you know, the art you created, is it tough Mm -hmm. to take the feedback or is it okay? Um, I've always been pretty good with feedback because I'm pretty hard on myself and I'm like, I'm always looking at how can I make it better? You know, I have drawings from years ago and I look at it and I'm like, oh, I could, I could probably change that little part, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Could have fixed that one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's not too bad. Well, no. I would wonder if too, like the graphic design side of you too, having worked with clients and mm-hmm. kind of having that flow with the art as opposed to this is my creation and you're yeah. going to like it. I think for when I collaborate with an artist, an artist, an author. <laughs> yeah. Potato, potato. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I think it's easier for me to be more open because it's not my story. Yes. And I want to be considerate to them yeah. and everyone else. And I don't know the market, you know, sure. the way that, you know, my publisher does. And so I keep an open mind there. But should I do my own book in the future, I might be a little bit more, I don't know, strong-willed about my art, I guess. Right. Well, yeah, it would be a different, you'd have a different buy-in. With right. It, where it's exactly. Like, no, exactly. It's coming from a different place. But you're right. I mean, the author has, it's really two creations mm-hmm. that are coming together. Right. So yeah, it's not like my way or the highway really yeah. isn't going to yeah. work very well. And that's not going to take me very far I anyway. was just going to say, 
And I, I don't give a lot of career advice, but I would say that's not a good approach. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we can both agree on that. I think that's good. Definitely. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Oh, I love that. So do you like the process or sorry, is there anything you don't like to draw or don't like you know what I mean? I know you mm-hmm. like, yeah, obviously like nature, animals, it seems like. What about mm-hmm. people? Do you like trying people? Do you so, find it annoying? <laughs> I like doing portraits. Ooh. And I've always struggled with people in their full form. And okay. so that's something that I'm working on now. And doing children's books is a little bit more free because you can be less realistic. Yes. And I think that was always my hang up. And so it's more fun to be, you know, in a childlike place to do people than, than to mimic something like a real life image of a person. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That makes sense. I can see how that would be. Yeah. There's a little more freedom in there and you see so many different ways of illustrating that I've seen. And I love that in the library, right? Where they're, yeah. it's not all what we saw for a long time, which is exactly kind of those realistic, realistic. illustrations. Yeah. Yeah. And as we discussed right before we started recording, I mean, BJ Novak wrote a book that had no pictures. So really right. there are no rules. You can do whatever you want. It's so open now. And I think that's so cool. Yeah. yeah. Do you have children's books that you love from when you were a kid? Like what are the ones that for you spark... I don't know, illustrations or inspiration? Oh, definitely. I grew up on the I Can Read series. So like Amelia Bedelia and Frog and Toad. And, you know, Maurice Sendak had so many in there. And yeah, uh, Richard Scarry. Oh, I loved his books. I I loved his books. They're so, there's so much going on, but it's like you discover something new, you know? Yes. It's like a less frustrating Where's Waldo. Yeah. (laughs) I love Busy Busy Town. I think it's like a masterpiece. I I want to look at that all the time. Yeah, it is. It's so, there's an entertainment to that art. It's so funny. Yeah. Oh, I love that. We could, well, we can get together for coffee since we live kind of nearby and get a big copy of Busy Busy Town and sit like in a coffee shop as adults pouring over it. I think that sounds like a lot of fun. (laughs) I would love to do that. I mean, and it makes my heart so happy. My daughter loves all his books too. Oh my goodness. Now, how old is she? She just turned four. Oh, that's such a fun age with it books is. too. They oh, do. yeah. Yeah. Well, and I love what you were talking about with, or that you mentioned Amelia Bedelia too, mm-hmm. because those were such 
early humor books. Yeah. I feel like. So, you know, around that age, I love those. Those are excellent. (laughs) Okay. So when the book is completed, what's expected of the illustrator? Do you tour? Are you part of that? I mean, obviously you were at the Bay Area Book Fest showing me how you draw. (laughs) I was just totally wrapped. But what, what are the other pieces that fall to you once the book is complete? Um, I think it's largely on the author. Okay. But I've seen um, in modern times, the illustrator is getting to go on these events and doing demos and and promoting on their social media platforms and sort of things like that. But I think that the most responsibility is on the author as far as like book touring and, and putting it out there. Well, then it sounds like your gig might be where it's at, right? I like. know. <laughs> Especially for an introvert. I mean, these sorts of things are so far outside my comfort zone, but I'm just decided to say yes and see what happens. I think that that's perfect. And yeah. I love that. That makes total sense, though. You're right. Yeah. Saying yes and seeing what happens, I think, is a powerful thing. Yeah. What do you... Do you draw just for, I'm kind of thinking like as a writer, as they journal, do you do mm-hmm. that? Do you draw Yeah, kind of in a journaling way? Is that still an expression for you or is art something you only do with professional sides? Great question. That's something I used to do a lot. Yeah. But lately it's been hard to focus on doing mm. that. And I really want to get back to it. Right now I've got, I don't know, like a hundred journals with a hundred different things in it. You know, I yeah. can't stick to one. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. But definitely that's that's part of the practice I want to bring back. Because that's where you really... That's where you really hone your skill and it and it allows you to tap into your skill much quicker mm. than having big lulls in between because you can access your your sort of brush strokes and your ideas much faster when you keep it a daily practice. Yeah, that makes sense. I didn't even think about that because you really have the added because I can compare it to writing a little bit, but you really have the added muscle memory of it too, yeah. where mm-hmm. the way you're moving your hand mm-hmm. or that's, I had never even thought about that. Yeah. If I go too long with drawing, it's like 20 drawings in before I'm like feeling really good because you got to get, you know, comfortable. It's a little bit stiff at first and you yes. got to get loose again. Amazing. Yeah. Gosh, I would love to, I love watching people draw. It's so, so, oh my gosh, I could watch that all day. It's just, like I said, it's, it really feels like creating something out of nothing. Just there it is. Yeah. And you're like, how did you know to put it there and that much pressure and this and that? And and that's the thing is that it just sort of, once you get into it, it just, it's, you're not thinking. It's Mm -hmm. just something, you know, and do, it's just coming out of you. Oh, what a yeah. beautiful, what a beautiful feeling that must be too. Just and seeing those things appear, kind yeah. of. Oh, that's magical. If you could illustrate any <clears throat> book or story, like, is there mm-hmm. a type of story that you're thinking, "Ooh, I, I really hope that comes my way. I'd love to illustrate that." Whoa! I think the one I have in mind is about being of mixed race and how you know, 
you one can identify not with their race, but just as uh, a child of the universe, mm. you know, and it has something to do with my own experience. And so that's the story that I would like to illustrate about, you know, we're all different and we're all somewhere in the middle of something, you know, I am many different races and also not want any of one of them. And so I'm somewhere in between. And I think that we all can relate to feeling somewhere in between, you oh, know? Absolutely. That's yeah. so true. I'm already picturing. So when you, so when I ask that question and you're saying, okay, I would illustrate that. Do you already have kind of like ideas in your mind of what you could see certain pieces of that illustration being? They have not come yet. Okay. Yeah. So right now I'm just thinking of the words and I, they're just there and I'm letting them, you know, percolate, percolate mm-hmm. exactly, marinate, yep. get them in there and, <laughs> and see what comes up. I remember I had this idea of a self-portrait and it was vague in my mind. And it was about a couple weeks before, one night before bed, it, the whole image popped in my head. And I was like, oh, that's it. And so in the morning, it maybe took me about a couple hours to get it all said and done because it was just so clear in my head what to do. Wow. Yeah. That's so exciting. I love that. That is, well, and again, it is kind of a similar creative process Mm -hmm. and yet different because there's such a visual side to it. Yeah. So, Do you think in pictures? Yes. Yeah. And yes, (laughs) that's a good question, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. I do think in pictures. I definitely think in scenes sometimes. Mm. I mean, Mm -hmm. when writing, but no, I do, because I was just listening to you talk about the mixed race and and thinking about, oh, I wonder if there would be an image that would go with that, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm picturing like, in my mind, maybe there's a globe, not like a hokey globe, you know, right. and also let's full disclosure. This is why Julie's not an artist. Hello, <laughs> everyone, <laughs> just so we know, but like, oh, I mean, how would you put, how would you use color? So I think mm. it's more questions, but yeah, I do. Yeah. I have a pretty sharp kind of photo memory, so I'm not oh. photographic, but I, I'm somewhere in that neighborhood. So mm-hmm. for me, I can draw things up, but there's no translating this to, to the paper or the <laughs> yeah. physical world. But that's why that's why I just have to live right now with Canva. Like I could see myself I but I have always thought if I were going to go to school for something else, I think I would love doing graphic design. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, cuz I what think what draws be, you towards that? Well, I think it'd be more controllable. Oh. Like in my mind and this could be a total fallacy. I might mm-hmm. be totally wrong. But I feel like I could enjoy it and learn the principles of it and never have to draw anything. Oh, I see. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Cause I don't yeah. feel that I would have that skill, mm-hmm. but again, this is why, I mean, let's just get real deep into my issues. Like in my younger years, I really would only do things that I kind of knew I'd be successful at. Ah, uh, yes. Cause I tend to be a bit of a perfectionist mm-hmm. as I'm getting older, that's getting much better. So uh. I enjoy trying things and sucking at them, but I think, so maybe I need to try drawing again, but again, I'd have to take a class or I think all these things you learn as you get older, right? Whereas before it was, oh, I'm not good at art, period, the end, as opposed to just- Just do it. Well, yeah, yeah, or take a class or, you know, I'm always telling the kids that too, where I'm like, "You you can grow that. If it's an interest for you, then- See what's down the path, just like you said, right? You Yes, definitely. And I love that you mentioned in that first story that your first interview with the publisher in Petaluma was 
uh, nothing happened then, but then a year <laughs> later it came together mm-hmm. because yeah. that's such a reminder that things are always kind of moving and we can make space for what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay. So are you working on anything now? Um, right now I'm working on a teen journal that I'm designing. It's to Fun. help support creating a daily writing habit. Oh, cool. Yeah, that one's been really fun. And then I'm now in talks with possibly doing a book with the author of Little Loon. Okay. Another book, uh, yeah, about rainbow colors. So we'll see what happens there. Oh, so fun. And are those both with the same publisher for Little Loon? Yes, the Collective Book Studio, yeah. Collective Book Studio, which is a really well thought of independent publisher and I was so lucky to encounter you guys at the Bay Area Book Festival. That was just perfect. Yeah. Yes. I mean, all the things. Well, okay. So just a couple final questions. If you could do any job but what you're doing now, mm-hmm. what would you do? That's so funny. I would want to be a librarian. <laughs> <laughs> We didn't even plan this. It's so perfect. (laughs) I mean, huddled away, you know, around books and I don't have to like go out into the world. Sounds really fun. (laughs) Sounds like your little introvert heart would be very happy there. Oh, definitely. I mean, I read books about libraries and bookstores and, and, you know, books about books. So that I think would be really, really fun. Yeah. What are you reading right now? Oh, good question. I am reading Autism in Heels by uh, Jennifer Cook O'Toole. Oh, I haven't yeah. even heard of that one. Okay. Yeah, she discovered that she was, had autism in her adulthood by way of figuring out that her children and her husband had been diagnosed. And so she had done so much research and realized that, of course, girls were not in the equation when they were researching autism, it was only focused on boys. And so the same expressions that boys had were not the same for girls. They were different. Yeah. And I'm like reading this book and I'm like, oh my God, I wonder if this is me. (laughs) That is really fascinating. I never even thought about that. The expressions being different with women. Mm-hmm. fascinating. What is the main thing that feels like, oh yeah, I think I do that. Like I look out into the world and I think, how do people do certain things that look so normal? But for me, they seem so challenging. Mm. And I think the social part for me, is always a mystery, which is why I love watching like dramas and I love reading about you know, just different human relationships to try to understand that interaction more. Wow. That's really fascinating. I'm going to pick that up. Autism in heels, you said? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I'll read it and be like, oh, this is me too. Right. (laughs) Well, and that's the thing I think, you know, seeing it as a, like we talk about the spectrum, but this idea that we do all have pieces of our minds are so complicated. It's so complicated. And then you're adding that in with how you grew up and the mm-hmm. messages you got about socializing and like all these things that were just passed on to you without even realizing it. And right. that's such a cool gift of adulthood, be able to look back. But I'm sure it's interesting to read about her realizing mm-hmm. that, right? 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I do have that problem, though, when I read those kind of books where I'm like, oh, yeah, I definitely have that. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I read about right. OCD, I know, I'm like, no. oh, that's me. Mm-hmm. Right? For yeah, sure. that's like going on WebMD and I'm like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but I love that. And yet another uh, nod to the patriarchal origins of so many things, right? Like, so that would many never things. have occurred to me that they were only researching boys Right. And assuming it's like the heart attack thing, right? Where exactly. women have different symptoms. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. And she mentions that in the book. <laughs> I'm picking it up today. Well, I have to wait till the end of July. We're recording this in July and I'm going to have to wait because I'm trying to do no by July. Oh, good luck. Because <laughs> <laughs> Good luck, Julie. That's a dumb idea. <laughs> no, it's true. It is. But I mean, yeah. my, my book piles. It's, it's very aggressive. So I'm just trying yeah. to read, but I figure one month, right? Like yeah. one month to read what I already own. It doesn't sound that hard and it definitely doesn't sound hard to my husband, but it's really challenging. I bet. <laughs> I'm glad you appreciate that. Thank you. Oh Regina. yes. <laughs> I have much trouble. Like whenever we go traveling on our, and with our camper trailer, I'm like, Hey, did you see that used bookstore? Can we take a stop? <laughs> yes. Stop. I bet they have a restroom too. And I'll buy five books on there. Right? Yes. yes. We're supporting the local economies and authors everywhere. We're doing a nice thing. Totally. It's better <laughs> than having some like candy addiction or something. <laughs> it's very true. I say that a lot where I'm like, well, there are worse things to be addicted to. And mom is like, yeah, there are also maybe cheaper things to be yeah. addicted to, but not much. Come I think on. there's a Japanese word for it, isn't there? I think you're right about collecting buying collecting books yes yes i'm gonna have to look yes i that is ringing a bell okay (laughs) there are so many things i can look up okay so i i failed to tell you this ahead of time or maybe i did and who knows i might have forgotten in the email yeah so since this is ask a librarian yes do you have a question for me I do. Oh, good. When did you realize you wanted to be a librarian? Was that like very early or a roundabout way? Totally roundabout. I think I am where I'm supposed to be now, but I have had a variety of random jobs. Mm-hmm. I, My husband and I got married when we were younger and I really did want to stay at home with our boys for a number of years. So Mm -hmm. until that time, I worked at Chipotle. I worked at the banquets department of a hotel. I just did all sorts of random stuff. And then this job came available at our library. And as you know, and you'll see once your daughter gets into school, the school schedule rules the world, right? Like (laughs) it just (laughs) spring break. The hours, the bell schedule, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's, it is suddenly your marching orders. So then when we moved here, I started working at the school doing recess supervision. Mm-hmm. And then the library job opened up and they knew that I was a reader. And I've always, I love children's books <sighs> so deeply. And I love reading, but so it felt like a natural fit. So it's it's been a real gift to feel like, I'm where I'm supposed to be for it, but I would love, I've thought about going to get, because many librarians have a master's in Mm -hmm. library science or training. And so I would love to do that. But so far my schedule has not really allowed that. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. But yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's like the creative's path, like these odd jobs. And then somehow, poof, you land in like the place you were meant to be. You're so right. And I remember having such 
stress about that when I was younger, right? Like, well, I need a career and I need, (laughs) everyone knows what they're doing and I don't know what I'm doing. And (laughs) you're right. It is kind of the creative path. I never even thought of that before, but yeah, I think that it is, you sort of land and look up and have a minute to pay attention and say, oh, this is a great place for me. Yeah. I think it's Henry Miller. He wrote Down and Out in Paris. That sounds I right. Think so, I will but confirm. He, okay. he writes about that in the beginning, how like he knew he could not get a regular job because that would kill his opportunity to be a real writer. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's And when I read that, I was like, okay, I feel better about these <laughs> random odd jobs. <laughs> yes. I know. We're always looking for someone, right? To be like, right, no, you're that. normal. <laughs> right. It's okay. It's okay to do what you're doing. You're not the only one. <laughs> yeah. You're not alone. You weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> well, Regina, I have to tell you, this has been a delight. Oh, I've had such a great time, Julie. You're so easy to talk to. Oh, I'm so glad. And I feel the same about you. This has been just fascinating to take a peek behind the curtain of how it works for the illustrator and, but also just for an artist. So, yeah, I mean, maybe we can work on a project together. Oh, I would love that. I'm looking forward to your book. His anxiety, I think, comes with being a mother. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It really does, right? (laughs) Yeah. Anything that you've got... (laughs) Any, if you have any seeds, motherhood's really going to water them. Oh, yeah, they are. Yes, Hard. yes, yes. Yep, it's a sunflower. Suddenly it's six feet tall. Congratulations, everyone. <laughs> you will now be worried for the rest of your life. Right? Uh, yes. <laughs> I know. But I will say it's it's such a gift, right? Like it's it's fun to watch them grow into who they're meant to be. Oh, absolutely. Well, thank you for this time. I am excited to follow your career and see the next projects. And the teen journal sounds awesome. So I can't wait to see what's next. Well, thank you for having me on. It's been wonderful. It's my pleasure. All right. See you soon, friend. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Ask a Librarian. As always, it's my joy to share and learn with you. You can follow me on Instagram at Julie Writes Words, or you can go to my website, juliewriteswords.com. There you'll find the show notes, including all the books mentioned in the episode. See you in the stacks next week. And until then, friends, never go anywhere without a book. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.